How do you do? How do you do? Happy Thanksgiving week, and that we're going to be here for uh, most of the week, uh, except for Thanksgiving Day itself, uh, filling in for the Bobster, who, of course, will be out, I'm sure, on a golf course near you, practicing to, again, uh, shoot under 60, as, of course, has become uh, pretty much a habit with the Bob. And uh, good to have you with us this afternoon at 106.3 WORD, the Upstate's talk station, in case you didn't know. And also we're at 106.3 WORD.com at 101.5 FM in Anderson and 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca. Now then, uh, getting in touch with us, the Ingalls Advantage talk line is 1-800-347-1063-1-800-347-1063. 1063 and the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 71307 and good to have you with us this afternoon as we look out on a day in which of course there have been more pronouncements from president elect joe biden actually he's not that yet probably will be There are a number of indications of why that is the case, which I'll get into here in a moment. But uh, uh, we have today word that uh, Joe Biden has picked John Kerry, well, there's a fresh new face, to lead his team's efforts to combat climate change. Uh, If nominated, he would be a member of the National Security Council, of course, the forum's first member dedicated to the issue of climate change. And... uh, in that regard, of course, uh, uh, Kerry would uh, would presumably be uh, fighting climate change by means of the principal weapon at his disposal, which is, of course, uh, hot air. But uh, that's a subject for another time. It all uh, is part of the continuing effort in which uh, uh, we are to be convinced that President-elect Joe Biden is, in fact, the president-elect of the United States. It uh, goes back, of course to uh, the Saturday, uh, November the 7th, Saturday, November the 7th announcement by the president-elect, and of course, let's not forget the vice president-elect, Kamala Harris, that that's who they are, and that you'd better get used to that fact. Now, that was uh, not only a presumptuous move on the part of uh, Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, but uh, I think a carefully calculated one as follows. They uh, very much wanted to get everyone into the notion of thinking that they've won. Well, actually, I would have to put that as they've probably won. It does appear that they've probably won. But they haven't officially, firmly, absolutely, positively won yet until, of course, the Electoral College votes, and that's on December the 14th. But they wanted to get that notion across. I mean, I mean, how could they not be correct? I mean, they've had podium signs made, Office of the President-Elect, that they've had stationary printed for Pete's sake, so they must be correct, right, that they are the the incoming people. But what they did this Saturday, uh, the 7th of November, was to raise expectations right through the roof, and they certainly did that. Now, implicit in what they said, not in so many words, goodness knows nobody would have said these words, but this is pretty much what, in fact, they said, which was, we have raised expectations to the skies. And you know how exuberant some of our followers can get. Well, we've just made them very exuberantly happy. But, you know, if you were to take that away, well, (laughs) son of a gun, if they wouldn't become very exuberantly 
unhappy. And this is where they are specifically talking to any judge or anyone who might be in a position to, uh, shall we say, slow down the steamroller toward acceptance of uh, Biden-Harris as the incoming team. And that is, are you willing to take the risk of burning down half the cities in the country? Now, of course, they didn't say it in so many words, but what they said was uh, obvious. The implicit threat to obtain what you want by means of the threat of violence, which you know to be not an unrealistic threat, not after this past summer. And therefore, there's a word for that. It's called extortion, and it's a felony. And that was pretty much what was put forward. Now then, regardless of what evidence is found out there, and we don't know precisely what evidence will be found, regardless of what evidence is found, I think it is pretty safe to say you will be very hard-pressed to find a judge anywhere who would in fact take that risk. Will we ever know precisely what happened in this election? That's unlikely. Uh, certainly we know that as a country we embraced the possibility of additional voter fraud by, in some cases, sending out ballots to every single individual on the voter registration rolls in states, even though uh, surveys of most state voter registration lists find them to be about 8 to 10% inaccurate. Uh, dead people never removed. People who've moved away, never removed. I discovered once when I moved from Illinois to Maryland that I was still on the voter registration rolls in Illinois and had my name removed, but I, I was certainly in a position I could have voted twice in that particular election and uh, did not, by the way, but certainly uh, certainly could have. Certainly my vote would <laughs> not have changed anything in either Illinois or Maryland, I can assure you. <laughs> it would have been a shout in the dark. It would have been a teaspoon turning back the oncoming tide of uh, progressivism. But nonetheless, I could have uh, could have done so. Would I have been caught? I'm sure I wouldn't have been caught. Would it have been worth me flying all the way to, back to Illinois and back? No, I'm sure it wouldn't have been. But nonetheless, it happens. And when you send out that many ballots out there, you are inviting, at the very least, the potential of fraud. It is very important to remember that in this country, we agree to do a lot of things that we don't happen to like under the assumption that we haven't had, in fact, had a, a free, fair, above-board, and honest election. I'm not happy with that, but we lost fairly and squarely we sometimes say. So we'll just get them next time. Now, when you have a significant portion of the population not agreeing with that statement, then there's a problem there. In other words, perception counts almost as much as reality. It is not only important that we actually have a fair vote count, but it is very important that we maintain the perception of reality, that we believe the results and until some of these questions are, in fact, answered, then it's uh, going to be very important to see to it that the questions are asked through audits and the like and answered in some way. Very important. 
Let the process continue. Al Gore took 35 days fighting with a battalion of lawyers in only one state. And uh, Donald Trump has had now uh, 20 days. Give him a chance to fight the battle. And for more reasons than just Donald Trump, all right? In the meantime, I remind you that you are listening here to 106.3 WORD, now on 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca, 101.5 FM in Anderson, and everywhere on the Radio.com app. Jimbo for Bobby Mack, it's 315. Afternoon, all. Good to have you aboard this afternoon. Jimbo in for Bobby Mack this Thanksgiving week. Bob will be giving Thanksgiving in uh, private personally at uh, 1063 WORD we will hold down the fort here with our Ingalls Advantage talk line of 1-800-347-1063 1-800-347-1063 and the common sense retirement planning text line is uh, 71307 71307 and uh, texture brings up uh, something here about uh, Sidney Powell here that she's no longer uh, on uh, Trump's legal team. Her status uh, is is not clear in that regard, although she has herself now said that uh, she does not work for the campaign or for President Trump. Uh, Powell uh, told the Wall Street Journal, I agree with the statement today. This was after President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, announced that she was not a part of the team. She says, I will represent... Uh, Hashtag we the people and seek the truth. I intend to expose all the fraud and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, we will not uh, allow the foundations of this great republic to be destroyed by abject fraud, unquote. Uh, Giuliani had uh, said uh, over the weekend that Powell is not a part of the legal team. She uh, did, of course, uh, make an appearance on Saturday night on Newsmax TV and alleged massive vote fraud in Georgia. And, in fact, even went on to include a charge of potential involvement by Georgia's Republican governor, Brian Kemp, for a grant to use uh, Dominion voting systems for the election. And uh, Giuliani said that Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. Now, of course, uh, just last week, Powell had appeared at a news conference with Giuliani and other members of the Trump's uh, uh, official Trump illegal team and took a turn speaking. And uh, the president had referred to Powell uh, back on uh, November the 14th uh, as uh, part of his legal team. But uh, uh, apparently that has changed. Again, this has not followed some neat uh, uh, logical uh, sequence. But to, to get to the texter's point that she is not a part of the team, I guess no longer would be the correct term that you used, uh, texter, uh, since she clearly was by the statements of uh, of the president and uh, by Giuliani at one time. So, uh, I guess she no longer is, be that as it may, exactly what that uh, means in terms of uh, its impact on the campaign or the, uh, the course of, of efforts moving forward. That's not clear, but no, uh, to, uh, to get to the specific point, uh, she is not apparently at this moment a part of uh, that team. So, for what it's worth here. Jim, people's perception is their reality, says another texter. That's true. Uh, it is for many people, of course. You know, if I believe, let's say, for example, 
that uh, the world is flat, that may be my reality, but that, that is not something to be taken seriously. We're talking about a different level of perception and reality here. We're talking about a perception that has at least some basis for bringing up the subject, some basis for finding out. I don't know that there is any basis out there, for example, for... Uh, having great scientific inquiries into whether or not the, the world is flat. But there are certainly plenty of reasons to use the time that is left between now and December the 8th to find out just what are the bases for all of these charges. Who knows? Let's not forget the, the valid reasons for continuing this effort in terms of recounts, in terms of voter audits, in terms of lawsuits, whatever. And there are at least uh, three valid reasons. One is to find anyone who was in fact involved in voter fraud and to see that they are prosecuted to the full extent of the law, which I'm sure, by the way, is not nearly as sufficient as it ought to be, but whatever is on the books, uh, such people should clearly be prosecuted. I do not personally want to see the name Lois Lerner appearing again, who of course was a person who used the power of the federal office to deny tax breaks to Tea Party groups under President Obama. And if you wonder whatever happened to Lois Lerner, where she retired and has never served so much as one second behind bars, when she ought to be spending the rest of her life behind bars. So uh, I don't want to see us going in that direction again. So that's one key reason here. Another is to make sure that it is known that... Anybody who pulls a stunt like this is going to be risking the very serious possible consequence of spending time behind bars. This is something that is not appealing to most people. And you will have to be, I think, a pretty dedicated uh, <laughs> fraudster, if you will, uh, to take that risk. You would have to, to dislike the president to an amazingly large extent to, to be willing to go down that path. The third reason is to change the outcome. And at this juncture, given the vote totals involved, it is very unlikely that uh, you're going to see that change. And for no other reason, the implicit extortion threat issued by Biden and Harris on November the 7th, very few judges are going to go along with that, given the fact that many of them, of course, are not predisposed to uh, lean in the president's favor at all. And they will use the threat of implicit violence as a handy excuse. Well, Better, better to let sleeping dogs lie, uh, many of them will say. Many of them will rationalize. So do I see this uh, changing? No, I don't. As I say, Joe Biden has not become president-elect yet. Uh, what are the odds? They're pretty high. And uh, we'd better get uh, used to that notion. In terms of, of whether or not he legitimately won or not, I mean, it is quite possible that there was massive vote fraud and Joe Biden still won. I mean, Let's say Biden carried a state by 10,000 votes, just to make this up here, all right? And you can prove that 7,000 of the votes he got were fraudulent. Well, in that case, you should be going after the people who got the 7,000 votes, uh, fraudulent votes counted. But that would mean that Biden legally, actually, honestly won by 3,000, in my hypothetical example. And that's entirely possible. We will probably never know to the, uh, the fullest extent whether or not that was the case. I would like to know. I know Tara mentioned this this morning. I, I would, uh, and I, she would like to know also. 
it would be a lot easier for me to accept such an outcome if I thought it was a fair and square uh, vote count. The, the problem that we face here is not just that our side lost, if in fact it did, although it picked up seats in the House and I think is still on track to hold on to the Senate because I just cannot see any likelihood that uh, particularly uh, the, the candidates the Democrats have put up in Georgia, I don't see uh, that uh, that uh, switching to the uh, the uh, Democrats. They need both of them. I don't see them taking either one of them. But I would at least like to know. All right, I have not a problem uh, fairly and squarely losing. I don't like it, but I am willing to say just what I said a few minutes ago. Well, we'll come back. We'll get them next time. All right. Checking the text line once again here, Jimbo, what is Stacey Abrams' official title? Uh, at the moment, her official title is failed gubernatorial candidate, just what the texter says. Uh, and former, I guess she was the House Minority Leader in the Georgia State House. Texter says, is she some kind of political boss? Well, not in the sense that she has uh, an organization, anything other than the remnants of her failed gubernatorial campaign. The texter goes on to say, how does she uh, have 600000 for Senate runoffs, 600000 what? It doesn't say here. Uh, she's a fundraiser. I'll guarantee that. Uh, and is she an influence in Georgia? Yeah. Could she have had either of those Georgia Senate nominations had she chosen them? Probably. Uh, but her official title is, again, uh, as you put it, failed gubernatorial candidate. That's her official title. All right. 1-800-347-1063 is the Ingalls Advantage talk line. Back with more Jim Bohannon in for Bob McLean. It is now 329. Afternoon, all. Thank you for being with us this afternoon. It is uh, currently 24 minutes before 4 o'clock at 1063 WORD in this Thanksgiving week. Our Ingalls Advantage talk line, 1-800-347-1063, one 1 800-347-1063. We'd love to hear from you. And our Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. 71307. And we are examining just where we are now with the process just really getting going in terms of verification and in terms of authentication. And the president has a legal process available to him. It's available to any candidate, and he should be allowed to do so. It was available to Al Gore, and I had no complaints when Al Gore fought for 35 days. I had no problem with that. Go ahead. And uh, it didn't work. Will it work this time for Donald Trump? We'll find out. But I have no problem with him making full use of the range of potential legal remedies available to him as well. And the Democrats shouldn't either. I mean, seriously, if, in fact, you put forward credible evidence that something was not correct, something was not uh, what it ought to be, an honest Democrat, I, I know, don't laugh, don't laugh, there are honest Democrats. An honest Democrat would say, you know, I'd like to know. And why would they like to know? Because I can guarantee you that in the various states involved here, that Democrats did not win every single office. We're talking about states where now it appears that there is a vote lead for Joe Biden over Donald Trump for president. But I can assure you that down ballot, there were at some point Democrats 
who lost for county judge or state representative or something. Now, if there are serious signs that, in fact, all was not according to Hoyle, all was not as it ought to be, that there was not an honest, above-board, fair and free election, I would want to know as an honest Democrat. And yes, there really are some such people out there. I would want to know. I don't hear a lot of voices saying that right now, which does, of course, make me kind of wonder, why would you not be interested in knowing? I am interested in knowing. I really am. And I'm interested in knowing beyond just whether or not I win or lose. If you have principles, and I think that the listeners to this program do, I do, if you have principles, you want this to be fair and square. I, frankly, would not want to win a race I didn't really win. I really wouldn't. And so I think that everybody who is a good American would like this settled, let it cleared up. What's the hurry? Personally, if I were President Trump, I would grant the presidential daily briefings to Joe Biden. I would. And if, in fact, it turns out that I lost and I, Donald Trump, would, if I were he, certainly invite the Bidens to the White House on January the 20th, have uh, tea or coffee or whatever it is they have, get in the limo, drive up uh, down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol building, and I would sit there and uh, listen as Joe Biden was sworn in and gave his inaugural address. I would applaud politely and uh, smile. And uh, and then probably at some point in there, if I'm really interested in it, I would announce my decision to seek a second term non-consecutively. Only one president in history has ever done that, by the way, Grover Cleveland, back in the uh, 1880s and 1890s. Grover Cleveland was elected president of the United States in 1884, lost in 1888, and then won in, in uh, 1892. Uh, and you can do that. You're limited to two terms, but uh, you are not uh, limited to two consecutive terms. And so, in fact, uh, Donald Trump, if he, in fact it turns out he lost, he could run for another term in office. Uh, by the legality of it, uh, Jimmy Carter uh, could as well. I don't think he's running for anything. Uh, before he lost uh, or passed away, uh, George H.W. Bush could have uh, as well. Uh, so that, that possibility exists, and it's worth exploring as to whether or not he would actually do that. I know there's a certain amount of, uh, of built-up ambition in the Republican Party. It'll be interesting to see how much of it simply melted away and, uh, and waited their turn, if you will, uh, to let uh, Donald Trump have such a nomination un unchallenged. But that's uh, not for now. Suffice it to say, at 19 minutes before 4 p.m. at 106.3 WORD, that the president is making use of the legal challenges available to him, that anybody should be upset about that, that anybody should feel this is somehow interrupting the normal flow of a free society. It isn't, if you pay any attention at all. It isn't. Al Gore ought to be sufficient proof of that. Al Gore eventually lost. Was it worth his effort? I dare say he would probably say it was. Worth his effort. And th this effort, regardless of who wins, this effort is worth being fought. It is worth finding out. It is worth ferreting out anybody who may have engaged in fraud. And that's the central issue that we're facing here. 
1-800-347-1063, the Ingalls Advantage talk line, 1-800-347-1063, the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 7137-7137. Let's see here. Uh, We won't get them next time because if they don't get this right, there won't be next time. No, actually, the idea that uh, that we are going to see a shutdown of elections, hardly, hardly. Now, in terms of, of a next time winning, I will say this, if you have too many more years in which you have an influx of people into this country from other countries who will probably predominantly vote for Democrats, it may be a while before Republicans win a national race. And that, uh, that frightens me a great deal, that we have not controlled our borders and we have not been in a position to actually uh, see to it that uh, only legal votes are counted. That bothers me a great deal. The notion that they're simply not going to hold any more elections, which I assume is what uh, uh, you are saying, uh, no, they'll, they'll certainly hold elections, even if the outcome appears to be a foregone conclusion. But it hardly appears to be a foregone conclusion at this point. Republicans gain seats in the House or within striking distance of taking control of the House. Kevin McCarthy, the uh, House Republican leader, is already looking to 2022 as the possible point at which he might become the Speaker. That could happen. Uh, Democrats did not take the Senate. They may have made some gains there, but uh, again, they don't have control. The Supreme Court, good heavens, the Supreme Court alone would not allow anyone to, quote, shut down elections. I mean, let's not get crazy here, all right? But we are talking about the very serious potential for making it uh, very difficult for Republicans to pull out a victory here. And that that uh, is unfortunate. If it is done in a manner that is illegal, if there's actually a great national shift in opinion. But in, in terms of uh, uh, declaring and an end to any particular political party, I would remind you that uh, in uh, 1964, Barry Goldwater lost disastrously to uh, Lyndon Johnson, and people said the Republican Party was dead, except four years later, Richard Nixon won. And four years after that, Nixon won in a landslide, and the Democrats were now dead in 1972, except, of course, that in 1976, they won. It goes back and forth. It ebbs and it flows. It ebbs and it flows. So uh, it is important to do what we can. It is important to, uh, to see to it that everybody who in any way interfered in the free electoral process be prosecuted. That's about the best that we can do. Jimbo for Bobby Mack, and a thank you to all who are listening in today to 106.3 WORD, now on 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca, 101.5 FM in Anderson, everywhere on the Radio.com app. And the time now, 15 before 4. How do you do? Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for being with us today, 106.3 WORD is the Upstate's talk station, of course. We're also at 1063WORD.com. You can hear us anywhere. You can uh, pick up the Internet uh, at 101.5 FM in Anderson, 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and in Seneca. 
And we have the uh, Ingalls Advantage talk line available for you at 1-800-347-1063. 1-800-347-1063. And the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line 71307. 71307. And uh, thank you for being with us on this week of Thanksgiving. I know that at this juncture it's uh, going to be hard to see yourself being uh, necessarily completely thankful between the pandemic and uh, continued threats of business closures and uh, what may or may not be the final election outcome. But nonetheless, you probably have a few things to be thankful for, so keep that in mind uh, for what it's worth. As regards, uh, by the way, the early text about uh, Stacey Abrams and 600,000 votes, uh, she was talking about the 600,000 uh, Georgians who have requested their mail ballots for the January 5th runoff. Uh, those who are going to vote by mail have tended to be Democrats. So, uh, again, that doesn't uh, count all of the others who are not Democrats, nor does it count all those people who will be voting in person on January the 5th. Let's talk to Denise in uh, in Nashville, apparently. You listening in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, Denise? Uh-huh, I do. Well, outstanding. We appreciate it. that. What's on your mind today? Um, I, I wanted to know if you agree, if you're in agreement with or have seen the figures that suggest that uh, white college-educated males who voted for Trump the last time at plus 14, this time were plus three. So the group identified, uh, this is not true of suburban housewives, the ones who were said to be leaving in droves because he, you know, Trump reminded them of a bad boyfriend or all these kinds of things. No. Um, white college-educated males seem to have bailed in larger percentages than any other identified group. Have you seen that? Do you, are you familiar with that? I hadn't seen that particular that? breakdown. I have no no reason for saying uh, it's not true. I, you know, maybe uh, if if the if there are exit polls and there are legitimate polls, then uh, then I would assume it's true. I mean, I haven't really broken down well, the election that, that demographically, honestly, Denise. Yeah, on a number of them. And so the Georgia thing is just interesting because I know several people in Georgia, um, quite a few actually, who fall into that category. And, um, and yeah, but of course Donald Trump exactly will not be on the ballot January 5th, you know. That's right. And they, these people are going to have to go. But, but they didn't vote for Democrats down ballot. They're Republicans. They voted for Trump in 16. They did not vote for him in 20, but they voted down ballot. For Republicans, and they will show back up again to do exactly the same thing on January 5th. But, that may well be so true. This, so this I is, mean, yeah. I mean, so there's, 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 let's let's right off up front here, Denise. Let us concede the fact that Donald Trump has been an acquired taste. Okay, uh, that, uh, that some people uh, just don't care for him. I, I don't care for uh, times when his mouth has. Uh, has sometimes acted faster than his brain, but I still felt him to be the superior candidate to Joe Biden. I felt he was the superior candidate to Hillary Clinton. But yes, in terms of, of how people vote, I suspect that you are quite true, that there are significant numbers of people out there who are habitually Republicans, but they couldn't uh, take Donald Trump. I suspect that's true. 
No, but they voted for him in spite of his, 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 you know, the mouth and all that was on full display in the 2016 campaign, yet they voted for him then anyway. It was just four years of policy, you know, one one month you can sell uh, computer chips to Huawei and three weeks later you can't and then four weeks later you can and then, oh, maybe you can't and then we're going to force TikTok to be sold to Walmart. But maybe not. But maybe the government. There has been there was a lack of consistency in some of what the Trump administration did. I would not disagree with you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess that was it. Then thank you, thank you, Denise. Thank you for listening, and uh, and thank you for your call at the Ingalls Advantage Talk Line of one eight hundred three four seven one zero six three one eight hundred three four seven one zero six three. I understand how those people feel. I don't understand how those people vote, okay? I did not enter the voting booth this past November the 3rd in order to vote for my favorite neighbor or in order to vote for uh, my favorite role model for children. I voted for the person I thought would be the better president of the United States. I think it is somewhat childish and simplistic to be voting because uh, you don't like a person or to be voting because they remind me of a, an old boyfriend that uh, you once had, if you're a, a, a female voter. Uh, so what? I voted the way I always vote for any public office, and that is who is better for that particular office. I had no doubt that Donald Trump was a superior candidate to Joe Biden to be president of the United States, and I had no doubt that Donald Trump was the superior candidate to be president over Hillary Clinton. In fact, I could not name a single Democrat, given the leftward drift of the Democratic Party, a single one that I would consider to be the superior of or even the equal to Donald Trump. I hope he won. We'll find out. I merely note that uh, the numbers that we're seeing make it mighty tough. Again, I certainly hope that Sidney Powell not an official part of the Trump legal team. I hope that she, in fact, is in a position to make good of what she claims will be this incredible tale of manifest, widespread, systematic defrauding of the American public. If she is correct, by the way, we're talking about the biggest scandal not only in American history, not just political history, American history, period. One of the biggest scandals in the history of free societies ever... I hope she's got the goods for that. I really do, because uh, uh, certainly a, uh, a a claim of that magnitude requires some serious proof. If you do, Sydney, whom I've interviewed before, and I consider to be a pretty straightforward, good person, if you've got it, now's the time to let it fly. We eagerly await what it is you have to say. Jimbo for Bobby Mack this afternoon, 106.3 WORD, our Ingalls Advantage talk line, 1-800-347-1063, three minutes before four.